0: Hey, it's Haley from the future here. I wanted to pop in really fast and let you know that this is a very old episode of mine, so please keep that in mind whenever you are listening. Please go ahead and check out some of my newer episodes because I have a ton of equipment now and I have editing software now and everything has improved quite a lot since the time of recording this episode. I have found that a lot of my negative reviews come from my older episodes, so please just keep that in mind. I am aware of the problems in these episodes, and I truly was doing the best I can. I was just recording on my iPhone, and I was editing from my phone as well, and it just really was not a great process for creating a super high quality and produced podcast. So thank you so much for the grace that you're going to give me. I hope you enjoyed this episode and please go ahead and listen to some of my newer episodes as well. I am so excited to announce that Chewy has partnered with me to bring this week's podcast episode to you guys. And the reason I'm so excited is because I have personally been using Chewy to supply my dog Ranger with food for over three years, which is way longer than I even thought about having a podcast. And so I personally love Chewy here. And the reason I love it so much is because they have such a wide selection of products. They have products for just about any type of pet you could possibly have legally. And they have a great program called the AutoShip Program. And with Chewy's Auto Ship Program, you can set up a schedule for your pet's food, treats, or whatever you want to give them every single month. To come straight to your door without you even having to place the order yourself and you can even pick the frequency it comes so for example we get it every three weeks because that is how long it takes for ranger to go through his food and because i love auto ship so much i wanted to give my listeners a chance to try it out themselves and so when you use the link in my description you can get 30 percent off your first auto ship through chewy And I think you will see why I have been using AutoShip for my dog Ranger for over three years now. It's just the easiest thing and now you get to try it for 30% off. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Doe Identify podcast. If you are new here, my name is Haley, and in this podcast, we advocate for unidentified victims to hopefully get their names back soon. And today I'm going to be covering the Monroe County John Doe. Now, this John Doe has a very unique story. I feel like it's really often that we do see younger women become Jane Doe's, but we rarely see younger John Doe's, I feel like. I just personally have not come across as many younger John Doe's, and so I really wanted to cover this case this week. And it is another smaller case. I really like to cover smaller cases just because they don't have as many people advocating for them and sharing their stories. And so I really just, you know, want to be that person who helps share their stories and hopefully get us one step further into giving them their names back. And before I get into the case, it's been a while since I have recommended some other podcasts to you all. And I got a ton of really great feedback when I did that a few episodes ago. And I always love hearing when other podcasters recommend podcasts because if I like their podcast, there's a really great chance that I'll like the other person's podcast that they're recommending. So I'm just going to go ahead and recommend three again. And so the first one is the Sisters Coffee in Crime podcast. And I did mention them in a- another episode just kind of like briefly But I didn't give them a full shout out. And so I want to let you all know to go ahead and check out their podcast. It's really great. It's just two sisters who share crime stories. And they really do a great job with research. They're both super sweet. And I always love meeting super kind people. And I know that's so weird. But you know nowadays you just come across so many like mean spirited people. And so when I talk to someone who's really nice on instagram or something or even just like at the grocery store i get super excited to come across kind people i'm sure that's really weird but yeah they're so nice and i would not be recommending their podcast if i didn't think they were super nice and sincere and i can honestly say that they are i highly recommend listening to them And the second podcast that I want to give a shout out to is the Twisted Listers. So they essentially have long form podcast episodes, which I really like when I'm working or if I'm taking a road trip, which I often do. And they have awesome lists of true crimes. And it's just a really fun format, in my opinion, just kind of I I really like listicles rather than articles and I feel like their podcast is like a listicle if that makes sense while other podcasts such as mine is like an article. It's just a really fun format and I really like them. And then the third podcast I want to give a shout out to is the Vanish podcast. Marissa does a really amazing job at research and they do an excellent job interviewing people, getting a hold of police records and they're very factual and so many of their cases have been solved. And I think it's because of the exposure that the podcast gives certain cases. Because I've noticed that the exposure that they provide really helps give a sort of direction to police departments. And so I just really loved that podcast. And it was actually one of the very first true crime podcasts I ever listened to. And so I just really recommend that podcast. So I hope you all love those podcast recommendations. Feel free to let me know what your favorite podcasts are. I love listening to new podcasts and I've gotten a lot of recommendations from some of my Instagram followers which I appreciate so much, and it also helps me know what you all like to listen to. So now, let's just go ahead and get into the Monroe County John Doe case. On May 9th, 1991, an unidentified male was found floating in the Atlantic Ocean in Monroe County, Florida. Monroe County is a pretty unique county in the United States. This is because a part of the county has land in the Florida Keys as well as the mainland of Florida. According to NamUs' map, he was found in the Key West portion of Monroe County, which is important to note because he was not found on the mainland of Florida, which is where a majority of Monroe County is. He was found on a very small island, which really minimizes the pool of people that he could have been if he was from that island. Back then, Monroe County had a population of 78,024 people across all the Florida Keys and across the mainland portion of Monroe County. Geographically, it really is a pretty large county. So that's not really too many people if you think about it, but it certainly is not like a very small town or anything like that. Today, Monroe County is actually smaller than what they reported it being in 1990. Today, according to the United States Census Bureau, it's around 74,000 people. So they are getting a little bit smaller, it seems, throughout the years. And I'm not really sure why I would personally love to live in the Florida Keys or even in Monroe County off the mainland. And I just think it's so beautiful over there. So that was really surprising to me. So getting into his demographics, he was estimated to be around 16 or 17 years old and that's really surprising if you have listened to my podcast before or if you know a little bit about John and Jane Doe cases, they tend to have pretty wide age ranges. So for example, it could be like 15 to 30. It's or even like 25 to 45. It's really hard to know the age of someone when you have no identification for them just because, you know, everyone's biology is a little bit different. But it's a really good thing that it is a smaller range because Someone can easily go back and say, hmm, did I know anyone who was 16 or 17 in 1991? But I assume that there's some biological reason they think that he was 16 or 17 years old. He stood at around 5 foot 2 inches tall and he was only 90 pounds. And this is really shocking. And I know that males are usually a bit heavier than women, but... I'm around the same height, and I weigh way more than 90 pounds, and obviously I'm a female. So I just think it was really shocking that he was only 90 pounds. So I would say that he was likely known to be very skinny, but according to Cancer.org, which is the American Cancer Society website, someone who is 5'2 should be at least 104 pounds, so 90 pounds is really only a healthy weight if someone is under four foot ten obviously it's you know on a by-person basis and a bmi chart is just something to kind of look at it's just kind of a ballpark of what is a healthy weight and what is an obese weight and everyone's body is built differently but i think we can all agree that 90 pounds for a 5 foot 2 teenage boy is very underweight. and so i just thought that that was pretty shocking. his bmi was probably around an 18 which is really low he had black straight hair that was short but it was on the longer side of short it looks to be around two inches long in the reconstruction photo but obviously hair does change and especially for people with shorter hair you know it doesn't take very long for your hair to grow two inches and so maybe just focus on having black straight hair A huge thank you to NYX for helping me bring you today's episode. If you don't know what NYX is, it is a loungewear company that has absolutely everything you need so you can be comfortable on an everyday basis in your loungewear. Let's be honest, most bras are just so uncomfortable with their sharp wires and their straps that are rarely ever truly adjustable and the lack of extender hooks in the back. NYX has completely changed the game and they are devoted to bringing women comfortable everyday bras and sports bras. I personally have five bras from NYX already and I absolutely love every single one of them. And something that I love about NYX is their accurate representation of women. Let's be honest, not all of our stomachs are smooth and line-free and our legs are not... Completely airbrushed on an everyday basis. And all of their models look just like you and me. And it just makes me so happy that they have models who look like normal people and they don't Photoshop what their models look like and the texture of their skin. And thanks to NYX, you can get $15 off whenever you use the link in my show notes so you can get an even more affordable bra from them. For clothing he was wearing gray pants over red gym shorts that had a white stripe going down them and he also had a yellow colored necklace in it in the images it looks like it was gold but I'm assuming they would say it was gold so maybe it was like nickel or even silver that was painted gold but it did have the appearance of a gold necklace it also had a black cross on the necklace and so he was a christian most likely i couldn't find what the black cross was made of it kind of looked like wood it was a little bit larger there is a post-mortem image showing what this cross looks like it does not have his face in it at all it's just his neck and the cross looks to be just about a few centimeters long and so it definitely wasn't a large cross or anything. And on the same topic of the postmortem image, there is no shirt mentioned in any of the reports. And also in the postmortem image, there was no shirt on. And I know that they tend to have like a sheet over them or something, especially if they're a woman. But I didn't see anything like that, so I'm not sure if they removed the shirt and they don't want to give the information about the shirt or if he didn't have a shirt on whenever he was found. So that's why I didn't mention the color of his shirt. And something unique about him is that he did have a unibrow in his facial reconstruction images. It's very prominent in the image. I'm not sure if it was kind of like Mostly harmless's case where they highlighted his teeth because his teeth were so perfect or if it truly was that prominent, but I'm sure it would be something that he was known for having. Granted, young men do sometimes groom their eyebrows and so it may not be something that someone would remember him by, but I'm honestly not sure if young men commonly groomed their eyebrows in the 90s. I'm just really not sure and there's not going to be any statistics about what percent of men like plucked their eyebrows in the 90s. And so that's just something to keep in mind. You know, don't rule anyone out if you're being reminded of someone that you knew, but they didn't have a unibrow. Just don't don't necessarily rule him out. They are uncertain about his race because his DNA has not been tested yet. Hopefully it will be soon. But they do think he was Hispanic and I would definitely agree with that. To kind of describe his appearance based off of the image from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children which will be in my episode art so do look at it. He seemed to have, you know, average size lips the top lip was a little bit thinner the bottom lip was a little bit more full he had a very standard size nose i would say he has brown eyes and the ear shape in the image is very specific and then he also has some freckles and moles on his chin it looks like he does have some acne as well and he did seem to have some hair on his top lip and um, on his chin that was ungroomed. I know sometimes it's exciting for young men to get facial hair and so they don't shave it. Um, And so that's kind of what it seems like to me. And again, his eyebrows. um, So like under his eyebrows, just above his eyelids also looked ungroomed and it looked like they had not been groomed for a very long time. So again just keep that in mind. Now you may have noticed I didn't mention a cause of death yet and that is because they have not announced one. And I wonder why this is. I know some police departments will wait until they can interrogate someone who is a prime suspect to see if they'll give up details, which is really smart because there's sometimes details that only a killer will know and if someone mentions it in an interrogation you know you have the killer but after 30 years now come may you would think they would have announced it by now so i wonder if they just don't know the cause of death or if it's one of the situations where they're waiting to have a prime suspect but i do think it is fairly unusual that they have not announced his cause of death yet so getting into theories, it's really just one that I couldn't help but wonder about. This is a smaller case and so there really aren't any theories online. I found one that maybe he was transgender and that's why he was so light and so short for his age. But uh, that's that may, it makes no sense. <laughs> like the police department would have said this was a transgender person if he was. Um you know, because it says gender male, and there are quite a few Jane and John Does who were transgender, and they always say so, and so that's just not a likely theory, but that's a theory that I saw, but other than that, on WebSleuth they mentioned this theory, and I was thinking it myself. I think this is a very reasonable theory, and it's not too outlandish or anything. It's just Kind of, it popped into my mind almost immediately. But I can't help but wonder if he accidentally drowned trying to get to Florida from Cuba. Where he was located was the closest land to Cuba, and he was on the Atlantic side. It was not on the Gulf of Mexico side of Florida. So I think it's very reasonable that perhaps he was from Cuba and moving into Florida, and something accidentally happened. And another reason I think this is because his family likely has no idea what happened to him as he tried to make it to the United States. Also, Key West is just far too small to not have anyone identify him by now. Again, it's a shrinking county. There's not a lot of people there to have such a large county and only have 78,000 people at that time it seems almost unrealistic to think that he was from Key West and no one identified him it just doesn't seem to be the case so I highly doubt he was from Key West again I couldn't really find any other theories he was a young male and so it it's the cases where it's teenagers who should be In high school or even, you know, middle schoolers or babies where you would think that someone is looking for them. I completely understand. I don't like it, but I understand that when Jane or John does who are adults go missing. A lot of police departments and family members are like, oh, well, they're an adult. They're allowed to do what they want. Maybe they just didn't want to talk to you anymore. And so we're not going to report them missing. But when a teenager or a child is unidentified, it's just baffling to me because you would think like at least a teacher would report them missing. And I know that some parents don't do a great job as parents. And so... Sometimes they are not going to report their child missing they're just gonna assume that they were a runaway but it's just crazy to me that there aren't a, there isn't a teacher looking for this young boy and he should be in high school he was sixteen or seventeen so it's just crazy to me that no one has identified him yet and it's always crazy when I see a younger child or a minor who should be in school who goes unidentified for such a long time something else i wanted to note before we get out of the theory portion of this episode there was a jane doe discovered on february 15th 1991 which was just about three months beforehand in monroe county and again monroe county is pretty small and she was found in Key West as well which is just a really small island and she was unfortunately murdered but luckily they were able to identify her through DNA and her name was Wanda Dean Kirkham but I couldn't help but wonder if these two cases were connected or even just had the same murderer and the murderer in wanda's case was identified as robert lynn bradley who died a year after her murder um and he was also a victim of murder which to me does seem like karma after what he did to poor wanda but anyways i can't help but wonder if they were connected clearly robert lynn bradley was in the area and he was capable of murdering someone And so I wonder if they are connected. I'm sure authorities have already put two and two together that they had a Jane Doe and John Doe just months apart. But that is just something I wanted to go ahead and point out. And congrats to the Monroe County Sheriff's Office who was able to identify Wanda. That is amazing. And they were able to identify her in 2020 according to a report that I saw. And so that's a new victory for them. And I just hope that they are able to identify the Monroe County John Doe of 1991 through the same DNA method. So that's kind of it for this case. There wasn't many theories or information that I could find online that I didn't mention already if you know anyone who may recognize him whether that be in Florida or Cuba please pass along his image it takes just like five seconds to share an image with someone and ask them if they recognize this person and so it would just be so helpful if you go ahead and do that But if you personally recognize him or if someone tells you that they recognize him, please go ahead and call the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at 1-800-THE-LOST with any information that you have that could help identify him. Or you can call the District 16 Medical Examiner Office in Monroe County, Florida at 305-743-9011. And a big thank you to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Whenever I am posting an episode about a potential minor, I'm often using their images. They just have an amazing cause and their technology for doing age progressions is just phenomenal. So I definitely love to use their images whenever I can. But thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you found it informative. And please feel free to reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, or my email address if you have any questions or feedback from me. And I will be back next week covering a Jane Doe case.